Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So today we'll be ministering on the fruit of choosing this victory. So I just want to recap on how victory was defined based on the word of God. So if we read from 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 from the New King James Version, I'm not sure if it's up, if it's up there. 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 from the New King James Version, it says, Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So how is victory defined? Faith in Jesus Christ. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, then that is how God defines as victory or living a victorious life. That is, faith in Jesus Christ is defined, uh, is defined as the victory for a believer. So we're going to see a lot of this as I go through my, my sermon this morning, just to show you what victory is to a believer and what are the fruits that we get from this victory. So the question now that comes is, when, when God says that we are victorious or we've got this victory, the question is over what? As a believer, have you ever asked yourself the question, if I am victorious, if the Bible says I am more than a conqueror, over what? Anyone who's got, a, who's got an answer, any takers? Do you know what, what you're a conqueror or a vic- victorious over? Death is a good answer. Anything else? Over death, yes, death, death was one of the answers that was given. Somebody, to, to an extent, yes, we could say everything, but we obviously need to qualify what everything means, because because you're also not victorious when you say you 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 victorious over barter. <laughs> but in what sense? <laughs> In what sense? Understanding the truth is good. Um, but but I, want, I, ask, I want us to go into the Word because the reason why I'm asking these questions is so that we can also get to a place where we start really understanding what it is that we are reading. Because there's no point in us hearing the Word of God say that I am more than a conqueror or I am a victor, but without understanding exactly what I am victorious over or what I have conquered because that is the only way you can actually walk in the victory that you have if you understand what you're victorious over so now um, I want to read Romans 8.37 the one that um, Auntie Tani Bencha just just mentioned just now Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 37 from the Passion Translation it says yet in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them, over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. His demonstrated love 
is our glorious victory over everything. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So here he says that in the midst of all these things, when he mentioned all these things, they were actually things that you were mentioning. If you go and read, read Romans chapter 8 from verse 30, 31 all the way to 38, you will notice that he says, neither death, nor life, nor, nor famine, nor hunger, nor persecution, nor anything can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So there are definitely things that, or elements that he was talking about that he said we are victorious over based on the word of God. So now if I read Romans 8, 31 to, from, uh, 31 to 32 from the message translation, it says, so what do you think with God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the West by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely give, freely do for us? So we say that victory is, faith in Jesus Christ is, is, is the victory for a believer. I, I still haven't gotten to the overward part specifically because I'm going to, I'm going to mention that in, in later verses, but I want us to, to build on that idea of faith in Jesus Christ and his demonstrated love is our victory over anything. So now the question is, if we have victory according to the word, is it automatic? Like, do you just get it? We know from last week that victory is a choice. It's not something that just happens automatically or by nature. Of course, it, is, it does happen by nature to somebody who has believed because they now have a new nature. But it is a choice because if victory wasn't a choice, then everybody would be victorious. The same with salvation, that salvation is a choice. If it, if it wasn't, then all people will be saved then there will be no need for us to stand in the front and proclaim the message of Jesus Christ because it is a choice. It's something that we have to choose to walk in, even as believers. The difference between victory for a believer and victory for an unbeliever is that the believer has it because it's accomplished through Jesus Christ. Unfortunately for the unbeliever, until they come to that place where they put their faith in Jesus Christ, they cannot access this victory. But guess what? Even for the believer, one thing still remains, free will. God has never made human beings to be robots to just do whatever, they, whatever he wants them to do. Otherwise, there wouldn't be free will. Otherwise, Adam and Eve would never have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because God knew how dangerous it was for them to do that. If he didn't want them to and if he had designed them in a way that they just do whatever he wants, then they wouldn't have had the choice. But because we do have choice, even as believers, to access this victory, to access, to hear from the Spirit, that means that we still have to choose to walk in victory. It's something that just doesn't happen automatically to us. 
So now, one thing I like from the verse that we've just read here is, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the West by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? This means that God did something for us and he gave us something. And one thing that I was just meditating on last uh, yesterday was, uh, in fact, from Thursday when we were having life group, is that the amazing thing about God is that he is not our impediment. And when I say impediment, it means he is not the, the reason why you're not experiencing why, the victory. He is not the reason why you're not walking a victorious life. Why? Because he has made everything available to us through Jesus Christ. He gave us all things, the Bible says, pertaining to life and godliness. So the question is, if you're not experiencing that, if you're not experiencing peace, love, joy, is it because God is not providing that? Or is it because God is still waiting for you to do something else? Because the Bible says you already have these things. So if we are not experiencing these things, then that means that we probably are not choosing these things. Or we probably don't have the, the knowledge that we already have them so that we can walk in them. I think that's, that's really amazing that God is not the barrier for us to experiencing a fruitful life. We are. The more you partake of something, the more you experience it. The more you partake of the Spirit, which is something that we were trying to do during our prayer time, to hear from the Spirit and minister to one another. It's something that you, if you don't do it, then you don't experience it. The same way is if you don't go to the gym, you won't experience the benefit of exercise. One, one other statement that also blessed me this week, I was actually watching a movie. So I also do watch movies, secular <laughs> ones. And I actually don't even know how I chose that movie on Netflix because it was in my list. I always keep a list. There's a day where I just go in and scroll through Netflix looking for what to watch and then I put it some, somewhere just when I get time to watch it. So I was watching this movie and the guy in the movie was a very inspirational guy, but he made a statement that really blessed me. And he said, the one that benefits from forgiveness is the one that forgives. I was having a conversation again with somebody yesterday saying, well, somebody's angry with me and I wasn't even aware. Doesn't that happen a lot in our lives? That somebody's angry with you and you're not even aware. Guess what? Is that stressing you if you don't know? So who is suffering the effects of anger and unforgiveness? The one who's not forgiving. Because oftentimes the people we are angry, uh, we were angry against probably don't even know that you're, you, you, you're angry at them. So the one that actually walks in the victory or partakes of this victory is the one that experiences the victory. So now without uh, wasting too much time, I actually want us to start going into some of the verses that we have. 
Uh, this is not going to be a long session, but uh, I'll just touch on a few points and then just um, uh, lend this plane very quickly. So the, one of the fruits of choosing this victory that we have is that we will never experience defeat. Why? Because Romans 8, 31, verse 32 is, with God on our side like this, how can we lose? So that means if we are ex walking in the victory that we have in Jesus Christ, then we cannot experience defeat. But then the question is, if you are experiencing defeat, then where is the problem? You're probably not walking in the victory that God has made available to us. I want us to read from Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13 from the Passion Translation. It says, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Paul said, I'm trained in the secret of, of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. So what is Paul's secret here? Paul's secret of overcoming all things. Based on this verse, what is his secret? Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Another translation is the one that says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. The true context of the verse is not in relation to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to win a rugby match. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to get that house or that job. Of course, God desires good things for us, but that is not the context of the verse. The context of the verse was, I can experience anything in life or anything that life throws at me, and I am able to conquer that. Why? Because I have Christ in me. That is the secret to overcoming every difficulty in life or every situation in life. And another verse. Now, these are, the way, this, these are the words of Jesus that he was speaking to his disciples the night before he was crucified. He says in John chapter 16, verse 33 from the Amplified, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. So if you're looking for peace in the Middle East from a guru or from someone that does meditation or from that um, self-help uh, video that you, or, or speaker that you like, you're most likely not going to find it because here Jesus said that I have told you all these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. In the world which we live, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. It sounds very negative coming from Jesus that he would say, in this world, you're going to experience a lot of suffering and tribulation. Well, Jesus was not being negative, but he was just stating a fact. That from the beginning of time, from the time that Adam and Eve 
fell in the garden of Eden or ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says sin entered the world. And from that time, this world has never gotten better as far as experiencing experiences of this world are concerned. Because it's a fallen world, you are going to experience distress, you're going to experience anxiety, you're going to experience depression, you're going to experience tribulation. But Jesus then said, but don't focus on those things because I have overcome the world. So when you put your faith, your faith in Jesus Christ and he says, it won't matter that you're going through tribulation and trouble and distress because Jesus himself went through that. He says, you will overcome. So one of the fruits of experiencing this victory is peace. Because he says, in me, you will have, you will have peace. And so if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will overcome the world the same way that he did. But guess what? As a byproduct of that, you'll experience peace. How is peace defined? How, how would you define peace? Or what is your understanding of peace? Is it experiencing good all the time? No, it's not. Because that's not how peace is defined. Peace is your reaction to situations despite how the situation is. So you can experience peace in the midst of a storm. And Jesus showed, that, showed us that, that he could sleep in the midst of a storm. He was experiencing perfect peace despite what was happening around him. So peace is a product of victory. Now the question is, how did Jesus overcome? Because we also want to overcome. So how did he overcome, or what did he overcome, rather? What did Jesus overcome? Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15 from the New Living Translation says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So what did Jesus do? He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away from us. So before Jesus came, there was a divide that was there between God and man. And what was that? Because of sin. Because sin entered the world, there needed to be a restoration of the relationship that was there between God and us. So that's what Jesus came to do. He came and he took, he took care of the issue of sin, which was creating that division between us and God. He took care of that so that sin may no longer be a problem as far as relationship with God is concerned. So when he nailed that sin to the cross, that means anyone now who puts their faith in Jesus Christ experiences the victory because now, before God, God sees them the same way that he sees Jesus. Victorious over sin. Righteous and holy. Holiness and righteousness are not right doing, but right believing. Putting our faith in Jesus Christ produces righteousness, produces holiness, because that's how 
because none of us, according to the Bible, could make it. None of us could meet the mark. The Bible says that for we all have fallen short of the glory of God. But thank God for Jesus Christ, that he came and he became the price for our sin, that anyone now who puts their faith in, in him has victory over sin. So sin is one of the things that we have victory over, just like death, as we will see in, in, in the verses to come. But I also want to read the same verse from Colossians 2, 14 to 15 from the Passion, because it says it out very nicely. It says, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our, on our record, and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins. That is what he did. Our stained soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved, which is something profound in and of itself on its own. The fact that God, who is all-knowing, who is sovereign, who is all-powerful, who is omnipresent everywhere, does not remember your sins. How is that possible? That's, that's really an amazing thought that, that, that the, 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 the time that I, I read that verse and understood it and I was like, wow, God in his sovereignty decided not to remember our sins. So if you remember your sins, you're the only one because he doesn't. That's, that's really an, a profound thing. Everything we were once in Adam has been placed onto his cross. I, read, I spoke of Adam, right? Sin entered the world through Adam, the first man when they fell. Everything we were once in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently. There is a public display of consolation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and the principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Marco said a verse that is also one of my favorite verses. There is therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That means the enemy has no power to accuse you of any wrongdoing if, only and only if, you are in Christ Jesus. So being in Christ becomes our refuge, becomes our stronghold, becomes our strong point from Christ, from within Christ, we can conquer anything. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. So if you feel right now that you are a prisoner of something, whether it's an addiction, which we totally understand that some of these things you know, are difficult to get over, but you feel like you, you're a prisoner of something of your circumstance, of an addiction, of sin, or of depression of any kind, I, I'm not taking these things lightly because I understand that as human beings we go through these things. But we are also basing our truth on the basis of the word because the word of God is alive and is powerful. And if we base our truth on the word, that's only when we can experience the victory that the word says we have. So if you feel like you are 
a prisoner of all those circumstances, know what Jesus did for you. The Bible says, all these things are not his prisoners. Uh, he is not the, the prisoner of all these things, but they are his. So that means in Christ Jesus, we also get to experience the fact that all these things that we go through and suffer are things that Jesus actually conquered for us so that we, can, we too can also experience the same victory. Somebody mentioned, mentioned death and in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54 to 57 from the New King James, it says, so when this corruptible, meaning our, our earthly bodies, when this corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Or death weighs your sting, or hades weighs your victory. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, both of which Jesus came and, and wiped out. Every requirement that was against us through the law, the sin that separated us from God, Christ came from the previous verse in Colossians and took care of every legal requirement that we had from the law and from sin. And he conquered that. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever Jesus overcame, is ours to overcome. Whatever Jesus overcame is also ours to overcome. So victory is a promise, but is it still a promise? A promise is something that is still yet to be fulfilled, but when the fulfillment has been made, then victory is a reality. It's no longer a promise that we have to wait for a particular time for us to experience victory. The Bible says, the first verse that we read, that who is he who overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So that is the reality that we have as believers, that our victory now is obtained from our faith in Jesus Christ. So believing in Jesus Christ is victory. So faith is the only victory that matters. Faith is the only victory that matters. Again, I spoke up um, what are the fruits of this victory, the peace the fact that we will never experience defeat because we have Jesus Christ. And now, because death is swallowed up in victory, we also get to experience life. Life in Jesus Christ. Now, the last few verses that I'm going to read as I come to a close, because I'm actually done, are just verses to show you what God, what Jesus himself promised us, promised everybody who is victorious that they will experience. Some of these things I believe we've already experienced now when Jesus came, but some of the things we might even experience 
in the time to come. But all these verses I'm going to read now are just coming from Revelation when, 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 when uh, Jesus was, was, was speaking to John. And he was just explaining all these things to him to say, these are the things that victorious people will experience when they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Revelation 2, verse 11 from the Amplified. I'm just going to read all these verses one after the other because I'm coming to a close just to show you all the things that God has promised us. These are, these are verses for you to just meditate on and just think about. Revelation 2, verse 11 from the Amplified, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes the world through, through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will not be hurt by the second death, the lake of fire. Revelation 2.26, Passion says, To everyone who is victorious and continues to do my works, to the very end I will give you authority over the nations. The next verse also says, He who overcomes the world through believing in Jesus Christ. That's the common thing that's being repeated, that victory comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Will accordingly be dressed in white clothing and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. This is a guarantee that God is giving. Another subject, obviously, for another day, but once you're saved, you're saved. Otherwise, if I am saved as far as as far as my next sin, then what Adam did is far greater than what Jesus did. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will be dressed in in white clothing, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. So once your name is written there in God's heart, your name can never be taken away. The fact that you may live like somebody who is not saved or somebody who is not walking in victory is not really the fact that God hasn't provided you the victory, but simply the fact that you may not be aware that you're actually victorious or you haven't come to a place where you have chosen to walk in this victory. And I'll confess and openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels, saying that he is one of mine. Revelation 3.12 Amplified says, He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will make him a pillar in my temple, uh, in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out of it and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God the new Jerusalem which descends out of heaven from my God and my own new name the next one says he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down beside my father on his throne. Then the last verse, Revelation 21, 5-7, Amplified says, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these, are, for these words are faithful and true. They are accurate, incorruptible, and trustworthy. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of life without cost. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior 
will, will inherit all these things that he's mentioned up there and will be his God and he will be my son or daughter. This is just what I wanted to encourage us this morning with. Um, just knowing that victory has already been provided to us through Jesus Christ. Anyone who places, who puts their faith in Jesus Christ experiences the same victory. But this is not something that God is going to choose for us. Because God has always placed from the beginning of time before us choice between life and death, victory and defeat, and he's always asking us to choose. He's given us the answer of what to choose because he knows what's best for us. But again, God is a gentleman because he has allowed us to, op to operate in free will. But I'm encouraging you today that if you want to experience victory over any circumstance, any situation, that victory can only come through Jesus Christ. You can only experience fruit, the fruit of peace of encountering any absolute thing and not be phased by it. Only when you walk in the victory that Jesus has promised us, which victory he has also granted to us. So as we stand this morning, I, I'll ask you to stand. <laughs> as we come to a close, um, now, I just want you to think very clearly. Now, this is, I know this is a serious thing. I know all of us are going through different situations and circumstances in life. The question I want to ask you is, do you think if you look at your life, you're experiencing victory? Do you think if you look at your life right now, where it is, you are experiencing victory? And, and, I, I know that sometimes that we may have things that we have set for ourselves as goals of life and we might feel like we're not experiencing victory because we haven't hit those goals. But that's not the kind of victory I'm talking about. Because your goals will always change. The victory that we have in Jesus Christ is constant. It never changes. His faithfulness is from all generations. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So as far as your walk with Jesus, as far as even just life in general, does life have you or are you walking over it? It's a good question to also to ask ourselves. And the, the, the follow-up question to that is, if we are not experiencing victory, what do you think is the reason why? Again, I'll stress it again and I'll stress it more that victory does not mean that life is great and all things are well, you are financially sound, you've got a job and your kids are doing well at school. That's not what victory means. Victory means in spite of the circumstances around you, nothing can bring you down. That's what victory is, in spite of the situations. Because go and read Romans 8, where Paul writes and says, neither death, nor life, nor hell, nor heaven, nor famine, nor abundance, nor hunger, nor 
pestilence, no sickness, no disease can separate us from the love of Christ. Oh, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He recognized that his conquering, his experiencing victory was not because of what he was experiencing in terms of situations. No. Him experiencing victory was a result of putting his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That in all situations he found himself more than a conqueror. Your situations don't have to change for you to experience victory. They don't have to change. Although God wants good things for us, which is by nature, he's by nature good. He wants you to have a good job. He wants you to have a good car. He wants you to have kids that are doing well at school. He wants you to have A, B, C, D, things that you can think of. But if that is our goal for victory, then everyone else in the world, even those who don't believe in Jesus Christ, have the same goals. So victory is not that. So I just want to encourage you to think about it and to just give Jesus an opportunity to give you this victory that he has promised you. Because it is only in Jesus that you can experience perfect peace. Only in Jesus. And nothing else. You can trek the entire world looking for the next guru to tell you this is your five steps to peace. You only blow your money. Because if those things work, then why do you need to go to the next one? You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca